Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, we did it. We did it. We made it. Hour one on this Tuesday, the beautiful Fountain Blue Hotel and another great studio audience. This might be the second best studio audience we've had this week. Going out on a limb right now. But there's room for improvement, though. It's early here. But welcome to the program. Gang's all here, including Fritzy. Uh, crowd favorite, by the way. They wanted a little bit more Fritzy today. So, Fritzy. Uh, oh, they'll get some. They'll oh, get some of it. There you go. <laughs> Be careful what you ask for. Just saying. After last night's dinner, they're definitely going to have more Fritzy. Yeah, I had a rough night last night. Okay, all these great restaurants here in Las Vegas, and you did Uber Eats. I'm a creature of habit. I was in my room. I was comfortable. I just wanted to go down to the uh, north lobby or whatever, just a couple of minutes from the guest elevators and get my pizza and uh, move on with my life. Okay. I'm not very social on the road. I don't hang out with you guys. I watch like five straight episodes of Love It or List It, and I was fine. <laughs> my stepbrothers. I'm you were invited, though. I was invited. You were invited out. And I said, you know what? I'd rather just eat some bad pizza and have an upset stomach all night and then see you at 4 o'clock in the morning on the set. What's wrong Fair with you? Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, by the way, we had an awkward moment. We were out with uh, having some beverages last night. Saw Ian Rappaport. He's an insider. Yeah, NFL he's... Network. A big cat. From uh, Barstool, saw him. PFT. Yeah, PFT yeah. was there. Mm -hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, there is a fan of the show, and she said, Marvin, and put her hand <laughs> yeah. up. Put her, put her hand up, and Marvin <laughs> fell for it. He put his hand up uh, right on hers, and her hand dwarfed his hand. And it was, I said, Marvin, never, ever fall for that. Don't do that. This happened last year, too. Because during the meet and greets in uh, Arizona, everyone's got their hands up. Hey, Marvin. Yeah. Oh, high five. I want no high five from you. I want to measure our hands. <laughs> high five from you. We had little kids at the meet and greet after the show in Scottsdale last year. Like kids who were 10. And they're walking up going, hey, let me see how my hand is compared to yours. And then you finally realize that. Uh, it was pretty close. Too. Yeah, it was. All right, uh, got a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. Uh, 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator Tyler standing by at the home man cave. Take your phone calls. Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, will stop by. Still, things are awkward in uh, Washington, D.C. with the commander. So we'll uh, talk to Albert about 
what happened there and why the guy that many people thought was going to be their head coach didn't get that. And Eric Bieniemy is out of a job. And it wasn't long ago where everybody was saying he needs to get an interview. He was going to be the text member when Deshaun Watson said, I want Eric Bieniemy to be interviewed, uh, interviewed for the uh, head coaching position with the Texans. And uh, that didn't happen. Left Kansas City. He should be preparing for the Super Bowl right now. And uh, he's out of a job. So we'll talk to Albert Breer about everything going on in the NFL. The commissioner spoke to reporters. You had to be invited to the press conference, and as you might expect, I wasn't invited to it. But, uh, you know, some interesting questions. The uh, commissioner is uh, a politician, and he's used to getting these questions. We'll have some of those questions and answers here coming up. Brady Quinn, the ladies call him Beefo Brady. Or as one woman said, hey, is the Ken doll going to be on your show Tuesday? And I said, who's that? said, Brady Quinn. So uh, Brady Quinn, the former Notre Dame quarterback, will join us. Yes, Paul? Brady Quinn, poolside. If I'm the Fountain Blue, I get a camera crew out there. Mm, I like that. Uh, Troy Aikman will stop by as well. And Chris Sims. Troy Aikman, poolside. If I'm the Fountain Blue, I get a camera out Chris Sims, football night in America. Does he fall into that category? He's more every man's man. Oh, okay. <laughs> you tell him that. Yeah. All right, uh, so what's the poll question there uh, today, Seton O'Connor? Let's see, Paulie just sent one over. Uh, I'm going to tweak slightly. If you could attend the Super Bowl in any of the following cities. Mm -hmm. So this one's obviously in Las Vegas, so we'll put that one on there. Mm -hmm. Then you have New Orleans next year, San Francisco the year after that, Los Angeles the year after that. Okay. If you could go to any one of those, we could throw other on there as well if you'd like. New Orleans is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. New Orleans is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty good. And everything is in walking distance. That's important as well. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, New Orleans was a great walking city. There's different neighborhoods, so it's not congested in one area. And the food, it, it's so off the charts. Spending a week in New Orleans is, you miss it when you're gone. Yeah, I would probably say New Orleans would be number one. Uh, I want to see how things play out in Vegas. You know, there are other some, you know, I thought Indianapolis did a wonderful job at the Super Bowl, but once again, everything was in walking distance. I did like, well, I didn't like this, but the Danettes brought this up to me the other day. I said, man, you know, everything was there. Hotel accommodations were great. And they said, well, do you realize that we had our hotel until Wednesday and then you guys had to vacate and go to another hotel like, you know, miles away, Paulie? Yeah, right? we had this lovely downtown hotel, the same hotel you had, Dan. It was mm. a high-rise, had mm. all the amenities. Yeah, and then on uh, <laughs> Wednesday morning, one of our uh, management people came to us and said, hey, guys, are you guys uh, packed up? And I'm like, are you packed up to go? Yeah, like ready not, to do the show. Knock out the show. Sure, boss. Yeah, you guys are going to the blank blank speedway, yeah. which is a, a little town about eight miles outside of Indianapolis. Okay. But it was lovely. It had a view of a parking lot and an Applebee's. I did not. Well, that's all time. And needs. if I'm not mistaken, we were sort of like, who the hell do you guys think you are that you get to stay at this? Oh, sorry. I just thought we were staying here all week. Long. Yeah, I, did, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. My bad. I should have stepped in and, and put my foot down and said, hey, if they go, then I go with them. Uh, next time. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Don't worry about it. All right. But we're lucky. Uh, the accommodations here, Fountain Blue. We're all here, as we know, for the entire yes. week. Well, tomorrow's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, moving day. Yep. <laughs> time to pack it up. Not, not quite sure what's going to happen, but, uh, you know. How about Henderson? Yes. Yes. By the way, it's Nevada. It's not Nevada. I was uh, scolded yesterday. One of our uh, one of our listeners came up. Nevada, and, Nevada. He okay. said, uh, "Hey, it's not Nevada. It's Nevada." Is that sort of like uh, like it's uh, it's not Oregon? It's Oregon. 
Or Spokane? Yeah, New Orleans. Yeah. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yes. I'm not saying that. Yes, Tom. And who officially gets to decide what it's pronounced? Or how, do they, how many People years does that here? go back? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but you could live here and it's not necessarily pronouncing it right. How, how many hundreds of years does it go back where someone decided, this is how you have to say the name? And why is it such a big deal if you don't pronounce it right? Yes, Marvin. I can't listen to Todd because he said stores rhymes with Jaws. I did say that. Oh, that's right. Stores. Yeah. Stores, because I'm Brooklyn. You did uh, Falk. Hmm. No, no, wasn't it? Yeah. Fork. Fork. Fork, Fork and, and Falk. Falk. And, and uh, Marshall yeah. Falk. Marshall Fork. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm still working on the rhyme. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Um, okay, so uh, anything else? that? Yeah, so it's Nevada, by the way. Just want to make sure. Nevada. All together now. Nevada. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay, we learned something today. Yes, Paul? When we rolled in the other day, we went past the Thomas and Mack Center where UNLV plays and has played. And it's one of those places I'd never seen in person. I'd never driven by. And like, it reminds me of those UNLV teams of the past. And you know, they're still a good program, but that was a, a, a team that, you know, we talk about people like the Fab Five and teams that captivate mm. America. That UNLV team was yeah. Stacey Ogman, Larry oh, Johnson. Man. I mean, you t- that's, that's one where you, you, you've, you gave up on your team and said, I'm going to follow them for the next couple of years. Were they... The Fab Five, you know, the West Coast Fab Five? Definitely. The, yeah. I thought Stacey Ogman was going to be, like, the next great thing. Yeah. I thought that dude was a boss. Yeah. And Larry Johnson had a very nice pro career. Then he had, I think he had the back injury, and he became more of an outside shooter. That was a fun team, though. Yeah, they had it. But they, you know, culturally, once again, it's Vegas, and it was a big deal, and Jerry Tarkanian, the way they play. By the way, what was so underrated about that those running Rebel teams, they played great defense. We felt like it was all offense, but Tark made them play defense, and defense led to their offense there. But that you look back on Greg Anderson, uh, what they have Anderson Hunt or Greg Anthony, Greg Anderson yeah. Hunt. Uh, they had Larry Johnson, Ogman, George Ackles. Jack, he was the center. Butler was one of their players. Yeah, yeah. Tark with the towel is great. So I was at the Final Four when they blew out Duke. That was by thirty. When Bobby Hurley had the bathroom issues. <laughs> and, you know, when somebody says, boy, you got the bleep knocked out of you, Duke and Bobby Hurley got the bleep knocked out of them by UNLV yeah. in that, uh, that uh, final four. Yes, Morgan? So UNLV literally scared the bleep yes, out of people. Yes, they did. Okay. Yes, they did. And then, you know, fast forward to, you know, the, the year after that, where they met, I think, the semifinals. Yeah. And they had never had a close game. And I, I remember arguing with Bob Lee on SportsCenter. And I said, let's see what happens when they get into a close game. But we didn't think they'd ever get in a close game because they would blow out everybody. They got in a close game, and they panicked and uh, didn't get a good shot off, and then Duke ended up winning the national championship there. All right, what else do we have? Then we'll uh, bring in some of the commissioner sound from last night. Uh, this, they had opening night last night, by the way. Nothing bothers NFL reporters, old-school NFL reporters, uh, like a kid getting up there on the podium to do interviews with, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, where they go, oh, no, that's so cute, except for the, the you know, 30, uh, 30-year veteran covering the NFL. He's going, oh, God, here's the kid asking another, another question, another question. And they get a lot of airtime. Yeah. But sometimes you'll get more out of those interviews because Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, you know, they want to entertain and, you know, they're not going to be short with, the, you know, somebody who's 11 years of age. Yes, Tom. And they just made because the guy at the Kansas City starts, I was going to ask that. Thanks, nine-year-old. That was the question I was going to ask. They sometimes steal the questions. You don't think that's possible? 
Some of these kids are very bright. They didn't just get picked out of a hat. They did something. They're like, hey, let's give this kid. He's a really top student, and we'll you give him an opportunity. You didn't even get a courtesy laugh from I heard the a crowd. Giggle, I heard a couple no, of giggles. No. Was that a yeah. moan or a giggle? It sounded like a moan. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And I don't know if that was at the joke or the silence that followed it. Uh... <laughs> did they not just ask for more Fritzy? I was trying to do something there. But, cut your, but certain times, cut your losses. Just say, you know what? Didn't work, and then I'll just stop. Fair enough. Thank you, Todd. All right. Yes, Paul. I went to media night last night, mostly just walk around and get free food. But uh, I'd never been to Allegiant Stadium before. It's not, they don't have a lot of seats. It's probably one of the lower five in capacity in the league, but they have tons and tons of suite levels. It's very, like a big wall of suites. Hmm. And walking on the field, I tested the field for you, Dan, pregame. It's buttery soft. Did you roll around on the field? I squatted down because I don't think I could get back up. And I ran my hands across the field turf. It is buttery soft. It's very, very nice. Feeling. Did you guys ever do this when mom and dad would get new carpet, and then it was the greatest oh, yeah. thing in the world? Yeah. You're like you're like a puppy rolling around on the carpet there, like scrunching your uh, toes in it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is great. That, that's what I envisioned. Paulie going, man, the field is buttery soft. It was. Like, okay, is that new field turf smell? Yeah, I like that. Uh, the commissioner is speaking to uh, members of the media, and once again, I was not invited to this, but uh, he was asked about. Well, this is something that's brought up occasionally on the show, and that is, is the NFL scripted? What do you say to those who think it's all scripted by the NFL? I don't think I'm that good a scripter um, or anybody on our staff. I, I, I think it's, listen, there is no way that I could have scripted that one. Let's just put it that way. But she is, um, or anybody in our office, she's, she's a remarkable performer. She knows great entertainment. I had the opportunity to go to two of her concerts with our girls and my wife. She, she's the best of the best. And, and so having her come to NFL games, have her a part of that is nothing but a positive. Yeah. Not a fair question to the commissioner about it's scripted. I mean, he started laughing there, which I don't blame him. But people still call up and say, you know, do you think it's scripted? They think this show is scripted. I mean, no, no. The odds are uh, trying to script this is impossible, let alone the NFL is going to script some of these endings here. Also, the commissioner talking about gambling and the integrity of the NFL. And if you go back to 2015 where he cited the integrity of the NFL, why they wouldn't get in bed with gambling, and here we are, nine years later, not only in bed with gambling, but in bed with Las Vegas. Here's the commissioner. The harm is potentially to uh, two things. The game itself that we talked about before, the integrity of the game. We want to make sure it doesn't harm the game. That people, when they're watching an NFL game, they know the action on the field is genuine and without any outside influence, number one. And that's one, two, and three. I think the other one is the work that Anna spends an awful lot of time on, which is responsible gambling. Uh, we are the only league to do our own spots on responsible gambling to make sure our fans understand the dangers of irresponsible gambling. Uh, and we also ask our partners. And one of the things that we've worked with our partners, particularly in the gambling space, is what information, how can they help educate us and our fans? How can they give us information that will allow us to make sure we're treating our fans properly, giving them the opportunities to engage safely, responsibly, but also protect our game. Okay. They put a warning label on the side of cigarettes, too. That doesn't stop you from smoking cigarettes. And look, I'm a former gambler, and my personality doesn't uh, lend me to uh, having a, a positive experience of just sort of gambling there. I walk by the casinos, and I keep walking. 
Um, there's, you know, we're going to look back on this. And uh, I, I think this commissioner is going to look back on this, or people are going to look back on him, that what happened. I mean, there are people who have no idea what they're doing when they gamble. Because I've been there, where you don't have the money to bet, but you bet. And then you lose, and then you gotta, you're going to bet again and double up and things like that. It's what I worry about with this, more than anything with the NFL, because they keep growing, and it's almost become, um, if you don't gamble, what's wrong with you? You know, fantasy, uh, people can't watch a game without money on it, prop bets. And I know, I sound like, oh, my God, listen to the old man up there. Trust me, I've been there, I know it, when you don't have money, and it, it can lead you down a bad path. And I always tell people, if you're going to gamble, have fun with it. Don't try to make a living, because you won't. All you do is you'll rent money. You get it for a little while. You had fun with it, but make sure you know where, where's your limit there. And that's difficult. That'd be like if I said, hey, uh, alcohol, we tell you, drink responsibly. Who, who abides by that? Where they go, you know what? I'm, uh, I'm on my fourth beer. Oh, let's drink responsibly. It's just like gambling. It's the same thing. It's cigarettes. Hey, uh, there's a warning. This can kill you. Eh, not me. You keep smoking. You know, just because you have a warning label or you, uh, you're told to, you know, uh, gamble responsibly, that doesn't stop anybody. We're going to look back on a generation here, and we're going to have regrets about how we open the door. You know, the commissioner talks about integrity. Okay, uh, what changed from 2015 to now? about the integrity of the sport and gambling. Everybody has fun, everybody loves to gamble. I think we're gonna look back and we're gonna cringe at what happened to uh, you know, kids, uh, young adults, even you know, grown-ups, where everybody had to have a bet on the game and if you didn't, what's wrong with you? Yeah, Paul. But I do think there is a, a reason the NFL and other leagues use that gamble responsibly and they push towards it and do ads for it. Outside the lines is doing a whole thing about how to gamble responsibly and around that. I think the NFL and any casino they want you to bet for 30 years, not for three weeks and blow all your door. They don't want a situation where you you got beat yeah. up when you were young and you gave up on it. That's the worst case scenario for the NFL is like you get torched and then you give up on gambling. They want you to gamble with whatever service you're using for the next 30 years. Where it's, and you could do casually. So they keep you... Well, they put that... It's a legal claim that you have to put in there. I mean, we, we partner with DraftKings. We have to have that legal language in there that says, you know, hey, gambling problem, and then we have all these things of where you need to go and talk to. I understand all of that. And DraftKings is a great partner. But I'm just saying from personal experience of where we are with this and where it's headed, and I do think that we'll compromise the integrity of the sport at some point. I really believe that. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. The Monday morning quarterback, Albert Breer, he always makes us smarter. He'll join us coming up, and uh, we'll settle on a poll question as well. Hour one on this Tuesday here in Las Vegas. Glad to have you on board. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental wealth podcast. And every week we will have on leaders from sports entertainment like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. We've all been through some sort of adversity to get to the top. We've all used different tools 
Listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer and Mental Wealth Podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All of our in-studio guests receive a gift bag courtesy of Keeper's Heart, Good Ranchers, Miller Lite, the original Louisiana brand hot sauce, King's Hawaiian, and Traeger Grills. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America. Hottest rookies, biggest superstars, the all-time greats. The only place to collect them all, Panini Trading Cards, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Instant classics, autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, and more. Start or continue your collection now, PaniniAmerica.net. Today's Mercedes-Benz interview of the day brought to you by the utterly inspired all-electric EQE sedan from Mercedes-Benz. The vehicle all-electric, the feeling all Mercedes. Learn more at MBUSA.com slash EQE. He is the Monday morning quarterback, always makes us smarter. Always great to see Albert Breer, the senior NFL reporter from the Monday morning quarterback. Yes, here he is. Yep, yep. How about that? Albert Breer. 
He's an NFL insider, by the way. Oh, hey, Dan. Yeah. How are we doing? When you when you file, I didn't expect the studio audience. Yeah, that's a nice yeah. touch. When you when you file your taxes, do you put insight? Like, is your job an insider there? I think I think I just put reporter. Oh, you reporter. do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I just put reporter. Uh, the first time you were recognized, do you remember? Like, oh, I've seen you on TV. Yeah, it was probably like when I was. It was probably, and I was still working at the. Uh, suburban paper in Massachusetts where I was covering at the same time both the Patriots and high schools. So I had to juggle the two, which was a little complicated. And I started doing a little TV work up there. And I think it was like at a bar on a Friday night or something like that. And it was weird. You know what I mean? Because I've always seen like what I do for a living is kind of stupid. Because <laughs> I think like, I don't think like, like a bunch of grown-ups playing, like, I don't think a bunch, bunch of grown-ups playing a kid's game is the most serious thing in the world. So what I'm doing for a living really isn't very serious. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's always interesting when people, I mean, I'm sure you get it a lot more than I do. So. Yeah, but when you're, when you're around the other insiders, yeah, do you socialize? I mean, how much competition? When you see Ian Rappaport or Jay Glazer. I'm friendly with all of Shefty. them. Yeah, I'm from, friendly with all of them. I mean, I think there's, I, I think that there's an understanding and respect for how much goes into it, you know, and... I wouldn't say like there's no information sharing. I mean, like I think we do talk about things, and like a lot of times, um, with the guys that I'm close with, you know, you'll tell backstories of stuff that happened a month ago. You know what I mean? Like so, like there'll be a backstory to this story or that story that came out, and um, and so you can tell the backstory of something like that's like a month old or two months old. But obviously, there's the stuff that's competitive too. Yeah, but everybody rushes to be the first. Yeah, that's competition. Yeah. Has anybody stole something from you? That happens a lot. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff that you're holding on to where you're like... Could you take Adam Schefter? <laughs> well, I have, the, I have reach on him, right? Yeah, yeah. And Rappaport, you got reach, I got on, reach him. on him. I mean, that's the funny thing is like you talk about being recognized, right? What I get more than anything else is like you're much... I got this in the elevator at the hotel last night. Oh, my God, you're way taller than I thought you'd be. Paulie said that to me this morning. Yeah. He goes, Albert Breer's taller than I thought. Yeah, because everybody expects, like, all of us to be five foot four. Yeah. Because a lot of us are. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Glazer, do you think... <laughs> that was cold. Yeah. You, you could have picked one of a number of people there. You picked on Jen. That, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, but, yeah, Glazer could take everybody, though, in the octave. Yeah, I don't... I don't think it'd be a smart idea to. Yeah, fight, you don't fight want, don't want yeah. to mess with him. Yeah. All right, what did the commissioner say last night that fans should care about? I, I think the playing surface thing is going to continue to be a story, and a story here in in Vegas with what ha was happening with the Niners. Um, it's kind of funny because you know what I had heard what happened out there at UNLV. Um, they lay grass down over a turf field, and that's why it's spongy and slippery, right? And I think the NFL might have messed with the wrong team on this because that is the most militant team when it comes to playing surfaces. And Kyle Shanahan's very serious about it. And if, I've talked to Nick Bosa about it a bunch. And he thinks it's horse you-know-what that they're forced to play on artificial turf. He, of course, tore his ACL at MetLife um, three years ago. Um, when he looks across the Atlantic Ocean and sees the way that European soccer players are treated. So after... The story last year, right, like with the slippery surface in Arizona, the fact that the field here is the same, right, because they've got the rollout field. And then, of course, what's happening with the Niners right now, where the Niners might actually move one of their practices later this week to avoid playing on what they've been assigned to at UNLV, right? 
I think this is going to be a story all week, and it's part of a much larger story in the NFL. And then, of course, the gambling stuff, which, I mean, like a complete 180 on what they were saying in 2012, 2014. And so, you know, the incorporation of gambling, I mean, hell, Caesar's name is on a stadium in the league right now. Um, the incorporation of gambling into the NFL community and how important a piece of everything it is for the owners now. Like yeah. David Tepper literally bought the Panthers when he bought the Panthers because he was like, legalized gambling is about to happen everywhere. It's going to juice the valuations of all these teams. Gambling, I think, is going to be a big story all week. Are we going to see all the stadiums where you have a kiosk that, that you can go and, like, like you know, yeah. the Premier League has that where you can bet and everything is, I mean, I would put it all under one roof. I think roof. so, yeah. uh, You know, the Cubs have, there's, there's certain baseball teams I think have this, the, but yeah. the Premier League, you can go gamble there and go watch the game. Right, well, I think what, I think what Vegas has taught them, right, and you'll see this elsewhere now, like here in Vegas with, with the Raiders, their competition to get butts in the seats is a sports book, right? So their competition to get people into the stadium and watching their games is the idea that you can just go to a casino and watch all the games and bet on whatever you want. Yeah. So they have to give you what you're getting somewhere else in the stadium. And that's where I think the dam sort of broke. You know what I mean? And if you have sports books now in every NFL city, which eventually will probably get there, well, then that's going to be the competition for them to get people in. And at a time when it's harder and harder and harder to get, for teams to get fans into those seats, right? Like we know that. Um, you've got to give them what they can get outside. And one of the things they're going to be able to get outside almost everywhere pretty soon is the ability to bet on all the games. He's Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, senior NFL reporter. Explain to me what happened with the commanders, um, yeah. with the coaching search, and mm -hmm. what happened with Eric Bieniemy. Uh, was yeah. Belichick in the mix there, you know, so, 11th yeah. hour? I mean, where, wherever you want to start here. I would say, like, one of the things that Josh Harris and, and his group really focused on was structure and I think that's one of the reasons why Belichick didn't fit into it in fact I think like overall owners obsession now with looking at different structures across all the sports in soccer in basketball um, you know Josh Harris obviously owns a basketball team owns the Sixers so they a lot of these teams have looked very intensely at structure and I think that's why like the the all-powerful head coach the Bill Belichick the Mike Vrabel had much more trouble finding work in this cycle is because it's like, okay, like, so before I've hired the people, I've, I've set up the structure, and does this type of coach fit into that structure? Or is this type of coach valuable enough where I want to fit the structure around him? And I think a lot of these owners now are picking the structure over the coach, which I'd argue might not be the best way to do it, but that's the way they decided to do it. So they hired Adam Peters uh, very, very quickly, and they were efficient about that. They got him within the first week, and they wanted to be wide open about their process. So they had Zoom interviews with... Um, I believe it was eight candidates. They brought seven of them back for in-person interviews, and they wanted to be open-minded about it. Raheem Morris almost got the job two weeks ago, very close to getting the job two weeks ago. The Falcons gave him an offer and that made the commanders really think. And they, now, you know, we want to finish our process. We want to meet with everybody. They were obviously interested in meeting with Ben Johnson. Um, that didn't go so well um, on Monday with the way that they got the news there. And then the final two were Mike McDonald and, and Dan Quinn. And Seattle swooping in and grabbing McDonald's sort of clarified, simplified things. Did they want Dan Quinn? Did they settle for They love for Dan, Dan Quinn, yeah, like they do. But they and settle the, for Dan there Quinn. There are a lot of common connections there, though. Adam Peters came from San Francisco. A lot of the coaches in San Francisco worked under Dan Quinn in Atlanta. So Kyle Shanahan was Dan Quinn's offensive coordinator. 
So, Quinn, like the references were great. He knocked the interview out of the park. Is it as exciting at hire as Raheem Morris or, um, you know, or Ben Johnson, ben Johnson or Mike yeah. McDonald would have been? You know, maybe not. But Dan Quinn, somebody who was in demand the last couple of years. So I think settled the wrong, settles the wrong word. I think it's, they were just kind of committed to riding the entire process out. And because of that, they lost a couple of guys along the way. Does Belichick coach in the NFL again? Yes, I think he coaches in 2025. Um, I think, you know, again, like I, I think the fear with Belichick and Vrabel, and I think it's not a great commentary on the NFL and how NFL teams operate that those guys couldn't get work, that you had eight openings. And Bill Belichick, who's the greatest of all time, and Mike Vrabel, who I think was a top quarter of the league, like a top eight coach or so in the, in the, in the league over the last few years, couldn't get work. I think, again, it comes back to that thing about like what owners want. And what owners want right now is, A, that sort of structure that we talked about, and B, and this sounds so stupid, but it's true, they want it to be like fun to come into work. You know what I mean? Like, and how, like, it sounds dumb, right? Like that that's your priority. But like a lot of these guys are like, well, I bought the team. I didn't buy the team to be uninvolved. And they're afraid like in hiring somebody like Belichick, maybe they'll be frozen out of everything. You know? And um, so like I think that that was a real factor. And I, but I think after a year, what we're going to see is we're going to see some of these things fail. And then some people, like, like anything else, then we're going to see a couple of teams say, well, you know, like, say the Patriots go 4-13. and 13. It's like, oh, maybe it wasn't all him. Maybe there were other problems there. But and then you look at the body of work, and it's like, yeah, the problem with Bill, the problem Bill has right now, Dan, is that if you have to blow everything up for him, right, if you have to do so much to get him, if you have to maybe move some people out to get him, are you doing that for 24 months? Are you doing that for 36 yeah. months? You know what I mean? And yeah. that's the issue. And I think the challenge for Bill will be, A, showing he can work with a variety of different people, right? Which I think there's a perception that he can't. And B, giving whoever the owner is the exit strategy. Like, hey, here's what it's going to look like when I leave. And here, like, I'm going to put your, your next coach on my staff. And I'm going to do things so in 24, 36 months when I walk away, because I'm 75 years old at that point, you're not going to be dead as a franchise for having had me here. See, I thought the Eagles were going to maybe pull the trigger on Bill. Yeah. Because they did everything but fire Nick Sirianni. Yep. Mike McCarthy, you know, Jerry's going to give him another shot, but it feels like he's got one shot. And those two would make sense because those two have veteran teams, right? And those two have established structures where they're not looking for something new, you know? So it's like we can plug Bill into this, and it's not going to blow everything up. Bill has a relationship with Howie Roseman, right? So, I, like, working relationships different. Who knows how that would work out? But there is a relationship there. Bill has a very close relationship with Jerry and Stephen Jones. People don't realize that. Like, there is a lot of mutual respect there. Um, and I think that that was a thought for the Cowboys, you know? And I do think, like, you look at their roster, they're another team that's sort of in this win-now position. And, I mean, one thing about having an owner so involved, like Jerry and Stephen are involved in Dallas, is it makes it so there aren't these layers of management between the coach and the owner. I actually think, and some people, in some ways, people are like, you know, people are like, well, you know, would that work with the meddling? It's like maybe it would be an issue. Like maybe there'd be some friction, but at least you've got to direct the coach has a direct line to the owner. There, there's not like all of this clutter around the relationship. Caleb Williams going to go number one. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I. Why is there this confusion that there's been 
over misreporting it feels like or wishful reporting that maybe he says he doesn't want to go to the bears i mean i i think it's because of his dad um now but, but is that true that he well, might not want to go to the bears i mean i i think it's something that i would say a lot of the crazy stuff that you've heard like right like so there's stuff about the equity like wanting equity in a team right like which was i mean bad wait <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? like like but I think a lot of that stuff was coming from his dad. He I can't think, get equity. Well, no, no. And what 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 all these teams are what all these teams are sort of looking because like, when they when the scouts go into USC, what they're hearing from the teammates, what they're hearing from the coaches, Cliff Kingsbury was one of them. Like they all love him. They love him as a kid. But there's all this noise around him. And so the challenge for the Bears, for the Commanders, for everybody else is like cutting through that and seeing, all right, like when he gets here, what's it going to be? Is there still going to be this noise or is the kid that the USC players, that the USC coaches, that the Oklahoma coaches, that the Oklahoma players were around, is that what we're getting? Um, it's going to be interesting because I do think, I mean, look, like the Washington storyline is not going to die. They hired Cliff Kingsbury. He grew up in Washington. He went to high school in the District of Columbia. So the idea that Washington could move up to go and get him, like that's a storyline that's not going to go away. And if Washington assesses him as being that much better than Drake May or Jaden Daniels, well then, do they move heaven and earth to try and do it? And how do the Bears react to that? Why didn't the Bears hire Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator? <laughs> I think the Bears got the best offensive coordinator in the cycle. Um, it's a fair question. It would have been a pretty funny tell to Justin Fields what you were doing. Um, but I, I, I think the Bears, I give the Bears a lot of credit for what they did because uh, I think Shane Waldron would have had three, four, five offers. I think he was the most attractive offensive coordinator candidate on the market. And on paper, that's not a great job. On paper, it's like Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles could get fired in a year. Uh, but they got ahead of the market. And so while these other teams are considering, quote-unquote, considering Shane Waldron and maybe would have offered him three, four, five days later, the Bears came with an offer and got him. So um, – the Bears are still assessing things, but I think the likelihood is they take Caleb number one and trade Justin. I'll leave you with this. Uh, how important is the Rock to the Spring League working? Like, what is the success of the Spring League, league going to uh, hinge on? I think the success of the Spring League, and I think one of the things that, like, the Rock and the other people that are involved um, can do is, is build relationships with people at the NFL. They need the support of the NFL. I think that much is clear. We've seen enough of these leagues wash out. Um, the NFL needs a minor league. They need a developmental league, you know, especially with what's happening in college football. And, you know, like you get some of these kids that are transferring to two and three schools and then coming into the league, they're less developed. They're more raw. There's more work that needs to be done. And, you know, especially with the quarterback issue, Dan, like one of the biggest reasons why we had so many quarterback injuries this year and one of the reasons why we've seen so many quarterback injuries, the NFL's doing, the NFL's having real trouble developing offensive linemen. Yeah. And it's because. At the college level, they're playing in the spread, so a lot of the offenses just stand up and hold your block for one second, and then the ball's out, right? And so then you get this kid who's raw coming out of college, and all the rules now in the NFL around practice, in the spring, in the summer, and then into the season, limit contact. Well, who does that affect? It affects the offensive linemen, especially the backups who aren't playing in games. So the NFL has to do, better, has to do a better job of developing backup linemen, do a better job of developing backup quarterbacks, and I think having a league like that, the way NFL Europe once was, can really be beneficial. The question is, will they help invest in you know, what's going on with the, the Spring League now to make it work? And if 
the people who are running the spring league can foster that relationship and get that relationship to a point where the NFL will invest, then maybe it can succeed. Always great to see you. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. He's Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback. We'll take a break. Play of the day is up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. with the ball. Here's Kassan down into the lane. Kicks it to Cam. Three in the corner. It won't go. It's short. The follow is up and good by Kaluma. Kaluma hits the shot. He's got 11. K-State leads it. 64-62. Art Kaluma with the basket. 
Kansas State, 6-0 in overtime games this season. They've won 11 straight overtime games dating back to 2022. That's courtesy of Wyatt Thompson from Learfield Sports. That's your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by Express Employment Professionals. Help hire your next pro. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, interviews, unqualified applicants. Move up to the pros. Go to ExpressPros.com. Find the location nearest you. That's ExpressPros.com. Uh, we have a beautiful facility here. We're on the pool deck at Fountain Blue. And I uh, went into the bathroom there. I go into the bathroom and uh, members of our audience in there. Uh, there were women who were in the men's bathroom Whoa. there when I went in there. And uh, they just said that's where they told them to go. So we're uh, co-ed. Yeah, I didn't know it was co-ed. It says men on the outside. But I walk in, there are a couple of ladies in there. And uh, I said, hi. And they said, hi. And I said, okay. <laughs> Yes, Todd. And this clear demarcation of the uh, yes, it is. neon lights, one's shaped like yeah. a guy and one's yes. got a dress. Thank you, Todd. Clear demarcation. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't tell me. Tell the ladies. Yeah. They're the ones who there went in there. There could be some mild stalking going on. Yes. They, knew, they knew exactly what they were doing. You didn't have to shake any hands, though, did you? No, I did okay. not. I did not. <laughs> That's a little, it could be a little awkward. Yeah. Dan Patrick, hey. hey! How you doing? No, no, what you doing? finish what you're doing. No, 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 don't turn. Why don't okay. we just call this until we you're get good. out the door? You're then... good. Real meet and greet. Yeah. yeah. By the way, this... Hey, nice, Marv. <laughs> Let's go, Marv. Gotta hand it to you. Oh. <laughs> Shake it off. Shake it off. Hey. All right, I'm going to stop. Go ahead. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> reset Uh What do we have with the poll results there? Whoa! Oh! Family show, family show. <laughs> oh, you of all people yeah, didn't say family show. Yeah, I know. Show. Yeah, I know. Demarcation. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We put up there, can Patrick Mahomes be a villain? Right, off of some of his comments yesterday. All right, I'm going to uh, bring that back. Uh, something he said last night, that he yes. has no problem being a villain. Right. Okay. So he could be the villain if you need him to. Right now, your options were heck yeah or nah, he's a sweetheart. Uh, right now, 59% of the audience say, heck yeah, he could be a villain. He might already be a villain. He is a villain. Yes. I mean, he's the guy you have to beat. And it's not like, you can't say, I don't, I don't like him. There's nothing about Mahomes where you go, I don't like him. There are a lot of you know, quarterbacks where you go, I just don't like the way yes. what he says or the way he acts. Or, yes. There's nothing about Mahomes that you go... You know what? Every every fan would want their quarterback to be Patrick Mahomes, I would think, for the most part. Yes, Paul? Yeah, he does nothing wrong. He's got a lot of family situations to deal with, and he seems to handle them deftly. But it's what he's going to do to your team when you face him. That's why you don't like him. Or maybe the overcoverage. But you're right. It's what he prevents your team from doing. Because he's, what, 28? you got another decade to deal with this dude. Well... You know, he's dealing with distractions now. His dad arrested the DUI. He's had his brother who's been involved in uh, legal issues there. But through it all, the, the Taylor Swift's, you know, being in the suite with your wife and Travis Kelly. I mean, there's a lot going on. It just feels like he handles it as well as anybody. Yeah, Paulie. I guess the only thing you could make a player comp as far as a villain, it's like Steph Curry three or four years ago where maybe you were tired of the coverage or something about him bothered you. Steph Curry seems like a good guy and plays basketball yeah, the right Fritzie way. Yeah, but was bothered by him chewing on his mouthpiece. Like I that, think that's indicative. Or when he takes the shot and he turns around. So it's a little... Di I don't think Mahomes does anything Mahomesian where you go, oh, he's just showing off. Yes, Eaton. Those things about Steph Curry are annoying. They are annoying. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, it's more... Sometimes it's more the coverage of Patrick Mahomes yeah. that gets annoying. Like, he'll do something that you've seen happen 
30 times this year, but for some reason, only Patrick Mahomes could do that. I mean, could you get, only he could fit it in there. It's like, dude, you guys say that 15 times a, a week. Yeah. Only he could do that. It's like, I just saw Jimmy Lipper do the exact same thing. Well, you know, Tony Romo might uh, probably express some excitement when he sees Patrick no, Mahomes. No, 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 Jim! <laughs> uh, but it's like, I, I'm watching Brock Purdy do... Or are they like Patrick Mahomesian like things? It's yeah. like he's doing the exact same thing as Aaron Rodgers used to throw from different angles. Only he could fit yeah. in that slot. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, anywho, anywho, uh, Brady Quinn, Beefo Brady will join us coming up top of the hour, and uh, Troy Aikman uh, will stop by. Chris Sims will join us as well. Just getting started. Hour two on the way from Las Vegas. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.